Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Tuesday, June 6, 2023, and this is episode 424 of the Lots Project Podcast, a daily look inside our journey to live outside the systems of control. And it's another Coffee with Brian, just another morning chat. Sit around for um, just under an hour, probably, and um, talk about life, talk about what's going on here. I got a few things on the list. Um I've given up. I've given up and I'm going to give in and eh, it's really not giving in, but uh, I got a little project I'm going to work on on the road here. I got to put together uh, and then we're going to talk about roadkill. And if we have time, if I have time to get to it this morning, I am going to be talking uh, the sights and sounds of Walmart and the laundromat last Friday. Forgot to mention it yesterday. It was on my list. But Friday was grocery and uh, laundry day. We have um, we've gotten away from doing the hand laundry since we're we're parked, and um, it's not. It's very convenient going to the laundromat with uh, the grocery store. It's kind of right there in the same town. So we've kind of figured out that if we want to do that, we can, or we can bust out the whole setup and. Um, but we know how to do it, and we know uh, what we're doing if we need to do it. So, been doing laundry the easy way lately, and uh, but had an interesting experience last Friday. But as always, we will be doing the perfect cup and the history segment along with that. So, yeah, um, new little project and some roadkill should uh, probably fill things up, but. Uh, I'll keep Walmart on the list. I'll keep it on the list, uh, especially if I don't get it today. It'll lead off tomorrow. I will have it for sure. Good morning, uh, Backwoods. It looks like you got yourself an alarm clock and uh, Renegade, both uh, here bright and early. Within two minutes, a show starts. That is fantastic. I was actually contemplating redoing the item of the day just for both the butchers to, uh, to do um, an alarm clock. Alarm clock. I was going to throw that out there for the item of the day. Saw earlier up in the comments, uh, Pip is looking for tacos at 3.30 in the morning. Uh, and uh, Gingerbread grabs his Folgers. And good morning or good evening, Mike's Philippine Nomad. How's it going over there? What is in the cup? What is in the cup? Hold on one second. Ah, sorry. Sorry. Had a... Uh, had a, um, <laughs> I, I busted into a new, new bag this morning. What's in the cup? I got uh, Clyde blend. Clyde blend is one of the blends that we have here at the Lots project, uh, for the dogs. It's one of our blends we sell through fo food forest farms. Uh, I've developed this with Brian. I made the label and I was like, Oh, I don't think I've ever showed the Clyde label on the air. So Open up Clyde Blend this morning. It is the light roast of the three dogs. We have the three dogs that have each have a blend. And oh, there's Clyde. So we have Clyde. We have um, Walter is the dark, I believe. I think believe I think Walter is the dark and Norman is the medium. But Clyde is definitely the light, uh, high and peppy little one. So 
drinking some Clyde this morning, and it is uh, it is pretty good. It is pretty good. Gingerbread Farm says he's getting them all. He is. Uh, they should be going out uh, today. I believe today is what Brian said. Uh, Gingerbread's got six pounds on the way, one each of all the Lots Project blends, and then an ounce of silver, uh, custom silver Lots coin. Gingerbread Farm says, good morning, Corey. Did you sneak on the screen? Oh, she sneaked on the screen underneath the notes. Oh, yeah. She isn't even making tea yet. She's exercising. She's exercising this morning already. And um, I was I was going to ask her if, if she was going to be doing like Jane Fonda style stuff behind me in the camera. Because I think my viewership would shoot through the roof. Uh, and probably not because of what I'm saying. Oh, he saw the black tank top. What do you think? I don't wear a black tank top. <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway, let's uh, let's get to that perfect cup question of the day and get rolling through this morning and uh, yeah, see how it goes. See how it goes. All right, everyone. It's time for the 92nd edition of the Perfect Cup, a daily question and my thoughts. Join the discussion in my Telegram group. That's t.me slash lots chat. That's t.me slash l-o-t-s chat. You can also find me on Noster, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, and all of those. But more than likely, more than likely, the best way to get your answer included in the question of the day, the perfect cup question of the day, is to drop it in that Telegram group or likely Noster because it seems I'm still getting all my notifications on there. The perfect cup question of the day today is, what have you done recently to overcome one of your fears? What have you done lately to overcome one of your fears. Eh, interesting. Interesting question. Morning, Pip. How are we doing? And uh, Mike says he's down in the cities at the moment. Uh, the me megapolis, megapolis, the big-ass city, which uh, I try to avoid. But, hey, overcoming fears. Um, maybe, uh, maybe going to the city is not a bad fear. Anyway, let's get to the answers that uh, showed up in the Telegram group. It was a, uh, I believe I only got Telegram notification. No, I didn't get notifications. I only got Telegram answers. I didn't get any notifications across the other boards. Eh, I don't know. I'll have to go see how many people actually saw it, too. Anyway, Telegram, Kyle dropped one in right away. Kyle, the Backwoods Butcher, says he started a YouTube channel. To get over his fears and man if you're afraid of doing that you should do more shit you're afraid of because you're doing very well and the content is great thanks for starting it and thanks for providing that for everyone because it uh yeah it's good to watch man you're doing a great job congratulations uh aaron at two chicks homestead says she reached out to people and started a local community aaron doesn't like people she doesn't like getting with uh and talking to people in person she went out and did it. She They had some uh, issues that might have been cropping up in their local community. And Aaron organized some meetings, got together, went to city council meetings, all sorts of stuff. So good job, Anya, Aaron. Congratulations for doing that. And uh, glad all the work. Um, 
all the work that you put in and it paying off. I think you accomplished your goal from what I understand. Uh, let's see. Canadian Farmstead said nothing. I have two major phobias I doubt I will ever get rid of. And the one I could fix, social anxiety of meeting new people, I get to mostly avoid with my lifestyle choice. Um, I think that is big in this community, actually, uh, the lifestyle choice of just staying away from people. And I have a little thought on that, but I want to finish his answer here. Uh, he said, to clarify, the social anxiety meeting, the social anxiety and meeting new people is not one of the major phobias. It's just a fear I have, quote unquote, fear I have. I, I have that I know I could overcome. Yeah, that's, um, I think that necessarily isn't, um, I don't think it's a fear as much as I've noticed a lot of people just don't like dealing with stupid people. With stupid people. It's not people in general. I've realized that when I, um, when I get in a community of like-minded people, as opposed to a community of the general population, it goes way different. My anxiety level, my stress level is way different. So I don't know. Pip says, he says, I support common sense. Uh, good morning, Canadian Farm said, how you doing? Thanks for dropping in. We were just discussing your social anxiety. How you doing? <laughs> uh, Chris Dixon says, um, uh, he agrees with with Aaron with getting out and meeting local community. I've heard of Chris Dixon dropping in and, and meeting with some other people uh, just in the passings in uh, in what was that uh, through the grapevine. I heard about all the, uh, a couple of meetings, which is awesome. Good job, Chris, uh, Aaron, and Sean and Robin all agreed on the on the interacting with people. Robin Hosting and Sean over there also weighed in on the. The meeting overcoming that social anxiety and uh, the difference between small talk and media meaningful conversation uh they went down the road of small talk is really easy uh, and it takes a lot of courage to have a meaningful conversation with a stranger um i i don't know i i don't know if i necessarily agree with that in my in my experience um small talk seems forced to me I think a meaningful conversation that naturally occurs between two, two human beings, whether they're strangers or not, seems to be easier. You seem to connect on an issue. If you're having a meaningful conversation, you obviously both care about the issue or topic a little bit. Uh, I think it becomes stronger and easier conversation to have than forced small talk. But that's just me. That's just me. Um, Gingerbread Farm says, Hey, Canadian Farm said everyone's talking about your paranoia. <laughs> Jesus, that's great. Thanks, James. Thanks. <laughs> Canadian Farm said never answers the question of the day again, <laughs> except who do you hate? James. <laughs> Rob weighed in. Oh, James, James was next on the list here. Oh, weird. James says, pushing everyone away because of my fear of abandonment. That's cool, man. We're not going anywhere, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, depending on if you want to hold on to that fear or not. Uh, the people in this community, dude, you know how to get rid of us. Just be a dick and, uh, and, um, and not treat somebody, not treat somebody right. 
and we know we all bust balls and things like that. But when it comes down to it, we're all there for each other. Uh, you see the community rally around people when they need it. Uh, it's just the way it is. I think I think we are a big homogenous family of of people that aren't going anywhere, man. So you don't need to worry about abandonment with us. Um, Philippine Nomad. In Hawaii, they say no loose change, um, no common sense. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Um, <laughs> I hope you don't mind. I call you Phil. <laughs> uh, Rob, uh, Rob Kaiser, um, Rob Kaiser dropped in, weighed in, and said, to get over one of his fears, he openly talked about his faith. Um, he had to overcome the fear of being judged for it, being mocked for it, or being labeled one of them. Um, Rob knows Rob knows my thoughts on religion, and he knows that I'm open to discuss it. We've had discussions about it, both publicly and privately. Uh, he knows he's welcome. He knows he's welcome in my group. We'll discuss it, but no one no one judges anyone for their beliefs. I can believe different and uh, and still discuss it and try to understand it, debate it and disagree with it. But man, I hold your right to believe whatever the hell you want in, in high regard. So, Rob, I'm glad you were able to discuss that. I see you putting it out there more openly. And with the situation you went through recently, I, I can understand why. Thanks for, thanks for hanging, Rob. And thanks for feeling comfortable enough to talk about that in our group. I really appreciate it. Uh, Nate, Nate from two chicks homestead says it wasn't recent, but he wired the shed for electric. Uh, Nate was pretty, pretty, uh, hesitant of that 120 and running that out to the shed. I think they did 120 in the shed. Uh, but yeah, wired it all up and it's been good to go for quite a while. Congratulations, Nate, for jumping over that fear and just getting to it. Uh, Pip, my history guy, my history guy, Pip says, uh, he weighs in with the last comment here and says, well, heck, I started a segment on a dude's podcast. Yeah, hear me out. I don't like people, like, at all. Aren't you a customer? Didn't you do parts and customer service? <laughs> and Corey says it. Corey says it. When I read this answer yesterday, I was like, man, dude works in parts. He works in customer service. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I I, uh, I worked with people for a long time. And then I didn't for a long time. And then I did again. And yeah. I get it, man. I get it. Uh, I don't like people like at all. I enjoy days when I don't interact with anyone for the whole day. <laughs> Here I am now with the SRF website up considering going again. Stop considering, man. I like I just said earlier. You will you will not believe the difference of the feeling being around the like minded people at SRF. And everybody there understands that people need to get away. If you're standing by yourself with your head down, people are going to look and they're going to, they'll probably try to say, Hey, how are you doing? But they're also going to understand maybe you need a minute. Maybe, maybe that is a social anxiety because a lot of us are, uh, uh, want to be alone, want to be self-reliant, want to interact with people only when we want. And when you get those people together, it, um, there's something that happens. There's something that happens that uh, makes it a little bit more comfortable. So, hey, Pip, I get you. I get you. And uh, hopefully we see you at SRF. 
let's check this. Um, let's check the comments here real quick before we wrap it up. Canadian Farm said fires back with my therapist says I have a preoccupation with vengeance. We will see about that. Uh, Backwoods Butcher said, I did so much retail. The conversation isn't the problem for me. The problem for me is no longer having a filter. So I call people out on those stupid conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ginger Farm says he is a dick. Yeah, but we know you're, um, we know you're a dick. <laughs> Backwoods Butcher says he wants to judge Corey. Because he thinks you could do better. Hmm. Really? You do realize I'm mailing you a package this week, right? <laughs> oh, Gingerbread. How the hell did you know? Gingerbread says if Brian did that thing for you, you would know that Corey can't get anything better than that. <laughs> Thanks, James. Oh, Pip. Yeah, you nailed it. Pip says, I got paid to work with people. I don't like doing it for free. And um, Mike, the Philippine Nomad, weighs in here with the last answer for the question of the day. He says, just take all challenging issues head on. Whatever comes up, deal with the unknown and the fear will go away. Perfect, Mike. Perfect. Thank you for uh, closing that segment out. It doesn't matter what the fear is. Take it on, nail it, and it will dissipate and go away. All right, let's wrap that up. It's been another episode of The Perfect Cup, a daily question and answer. Be sure to check out the Telegram group or Noster or roll the dice and look for it on Facebook, Telegram, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Uh, and definitely you're going to want to visit theperfectcup.shop to get all your premium air-roasted coffee needs. But another issue of the perfect cup. <laughs> now back to the main show. Oh, Josh says, uh, Josh says, Corey is currently filling bags of St. Bernard poo to send to Kyle. <laughs> there is quite a bit of room left in that package. He's going to get some Clyde blend. <laughs> Um, James, uh, James brings up the old, uh, adage, courage is not being without fear. Courage is continuing on in spite of your fear. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's Kyle's, that's, that's Kyle's MO right now. He's just going to keep, um, he's going to keep pushing, pushing and poking and prodding until he actually does get dog poo in the mail. Um, and he says, this this blend is a little earthy. <laughs> it jammed up my grinder. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Let's uh, let's get, get into this uh, history segment prepared to you by Pip over at Canadian Farmstead. Says, that's a little nutty. <laughs> is this Folgers? <laughs> oh no oh man oh man let's get to the history segment brought to you by pip over at ductioncups.com if you haven't been to duction cups i uh, i really encourage you to do it if you especially if you enjoy the history segment 
Pip puts his time in and he donates it to be broadcast in front of people. Did you just hear the man's fear and anxiety of people? He doesn't like it. He does this. Please go to DuctionCups.com and help him cure his anxiety of doing the history segment. I hate to cause the guy any more strife than he needs. So head over to DuctionCups.com. That's D-U-C-K, DuctionCups.com. Now for the history segment. Humans, I see we're back at it. Happy Tuesday and cheers to another day that ends in Y. Have a few wiki nugs to tide you over for today's lots of history of the day segment. Enjoy and have good mosh pitting. <laughs> I just remembered. I read that yesterday when I was prepping for the show. And for an hour, I was like, I know that. Where do I know that from? I've heard it a million times. I know, and I just couldn't place it. Do you know where it's from? Have a good mosh pudding. Adam Sandler's talking goat in the back of the truck. As I said it, I remembered where it was from. I love it. I love it. Thanks, Pip. All right. This day. What day we got? June 6th. June 6th, 1505. The M a magnitude 8.2 to 8.8 low Mustang earthquake affects the Tibet and Nepal, causing severe damage in the Kathmandu and parts of the Indo-Gagetic plain. Huh. On June 6, 1505, there was an estimated magnitude earthquake of 8.2 to 8.8, making it one of the largest earthquakes in Nepalese history. The earthquake killed an approximate 30% of the Nepalese population at the time. Pips notes, 30%? Damn. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. 30% of the people died? And how did they know what the magnitude of the earthquake was in 1500s? Huh. Interesting. This day in 1822, Alex St. Martin is accidentally shot in the stomach, leading to William Beaumont's studies on digestion. St. Martin was accidentally shot with a musket at close range at the fur trading post on Mackinac Island. The charge, uh, the charge of the musket shot left a hole through his side that healed to form a fistule aperture in his stomach. Insert long story about dude figuring out how to heal another dude. <laughs> Time suck warning. William Bonemont, an, a U.S. Army surgeon stationed at a nearly nearby army post, treated the wounded. Treated the wound. Although Saint Martin was a healthy young man in his twenties, he was not expected to recover due to the severity of the wound. Beaumont explained in a later paper that he sh that the shot blew off fragments of Saint Martin's muscle and broke a few of his ribs. After bleeding him and giving him a, a cathartic. Beaumont marked St. Martin's progress for the next 17 days. All from or uh, all food he ate reemerged from all the food he ate reemerged from his new gastric fistula. He had a new asshole in his stomach, I think is what this is saying. Finally, after 17 days, the food began to stay in St. Martin's stomach and his bowels began to return to their natural function. Dude blew a hole in his stomach, and this guy just like watched it heal. Over 17 days. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> this day in 1925. The things you learn on this day in history. 
This day in 1925, the original Chrysler Corporation was founded by Walter Chrysler from the remains of the Maxwell Motor Company. Pips notes, someone corrected me that it's Stellantis now, but I can't keep track. Stellantis? What is that? Chrysler Corporation, 1925 to 1998. Daimler Chrysler, 1998 to 2007. Chrysler LLC, 2007 to 2009. Chrysler Group LLC, 2009 to 2014. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles US 2014 to 2021. Pips notes Dodge didn't add run a few years ago, imported from Detroit. Then a dude looks at the build sticker that says imported from Ontario. <laughs> that being said, plans are in the works for a Chrysler 300 Hemi build. That bid, uh, that bill, that bid is after a Honda Accord sleeper build. Then there's the Ram 1500 build with a 392 Hemi swap. The cheap, this car guy, <laughs> all these car guys. The Jeep Cherokee 2 door still needs to be finished up. The Nissan Frontier V8 swap is still in pencil for now. Oh, Pip, working on his cars, working on his cars. I really like the junkyard with Pip. Um, the junkyard picking with Pip is a fantastic idea, man. You dropped that the other day and I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, for sure. Uh, this day in 1942, the United States Navy victory over the Imperial Japanese Navy at the Battle of Midway is a major turning point in the Pacific theater of World War II. All four Japanese fleet carriers taking part, the, yeah, I'm not going to be able to say those, are sunk, as is the heavy cruiser Mikuma, the American carrier Yorktown, and the destroyer Haman was Haman, Haman, H. <laughs> How do you say H-A-M-M-A-N-N? Also, are also sunk. Pip's notes. Pip avoids that wormhole considering there are video games based on the battle and movies, etc. Yeah. Go down the Battle of Midway and you can read for a while for sure. Happy birthday, June 6th, 1896. Italio Balbo, Italian air marshal and fascist politician who played a key role in developing Mussolini's Air Force in 1926, he began the task of building the Italian Royal Air Force and took a leading role in popularizing aviation in Italy and promoting Italian aviation to the world. In 1933, perhaps to relieve tensions surrounding him in Italy, he was given the government of Italia, Italian Libya, where he resided for the remainder of his life. He was accidentally killed by friendly fire when his plane was shot down over an Italian anti-aircraft guns who mis misidentified it. Man, that's shit. That's shitty. This day in 1917, Kirk Kerkorian, American businessman, founder, uh, founded the Tresinda Corporation. The president and CEO of Tresinda Corporation, his private holding company based in Beverly Hills, California. Kirk Kerkorian was one of the important figures in the shaping of Las Vegas and with architect Martin Stern Jr. is described as the father of the mega resort. He built the world's largest hotel in Las Vegas three times. The International Hotel opened in 1969, the MGM Grand in 1973, and the MGM Grand in 1993. He purchased the Metro Goldwyn Mayer movie studio in 1969 while trying away with cement shoes. There's no mafia money there. None at all. Look away. And anybody have a chisel? Yeah, they didn't do cement shoes in Vegas, man. They just put them in a hole in the desert. 
Uh, this day in 1944, Philip Allen Sharp, American molecular biologist, 1993 Nobel Prize laureate in physiology or medicine, an American geneticist and molecular biologist who co-discovered RNA splicing. He shared the 1993 Nobel Prize in physiology or medicine with Richard J. Roberts. Who lost it? Today, who kicked off today? 1799, Patrick Henry, American lawyer, politician, first governor of Virginia, an American politician and orator who declared to the Second Virginia Convention in 1775, give me liberty or give me death and a founding father. Well, in 1770, 1799, he got one of those wishes. Oh. <sighs> In 1968, Robert F. Kennedy, American soldier, lawyer, and politician, 64th United, 64th United States Attorney General. He was born in 1925. And holidays today, D-Day invasion anniversary, codenamed Operation Neptune and often referred to as D-Day. It was the largest seaborne invasion in history. It's also National Huntington's Disease Awareness Day in the United States. And go forth, humans. Duck somebody up today. Hey, buy a three-pack of duction cups. Throw two on your dash or wherever you're going to put them and gives one away. I've had this crazy idea where I'm thinking about going out and finding Jeeps, sticking them on the window, hanging out till somebody shows up and get the reaction about what this duck is on their window. You could do that too. Have some fun with it. Go get some duction cups. Pick up some ducks while you're there. DuctionCups.com. Pip, thanks for preparing the history segment for me. I really appreciate it. All right, let's get back to the comments over here. Renegade Butcher says, Pip fears a world where rubber ducks rattle around loosely, holes gaping and collecting dust. Help conquer his fear. Plug some ducks, people. I agree. I agree. Uh, Backwoods Butcher says, I hate it when my holes collect dust. I don't think that happens very often. Um, <laughs> Renegade Butcher says, that dude that they learned, uh, they learned, um, anatomy from, he says the first colostomy bag was a way to stop that dude from poo shooting on people in line at the trading post. Oh, let me see. Let me see. This is a lot of comments. During You guys really roll during that history segment. You don't realize I put my notes over the chat. <laughs> oh, you guys are horrible. <coughs> oh, man. Well, that wraps up history and um, and the perfect cup. Let me get to my list here. Uh, guys, if you didn't if you didn't join us last night with Josh from Rock and K, if you want to hear a cool story, you want to hear a story that um, somebody's life that really he just kind of went with it and it all worked out and it all ended up being intertwined and he's continuing to just uh, kick it in the ass for sure. You're going to want to watch lots to talk about with Josh from Rock and K. Last night was a great conversation. That's all it was. It was just a chat about uh, 
Josh's journey, where he started, where he is now, and where he's planning on going. And it was great. Great guy. Uh, easy to talk to, easy to listen to. So you're going to want to check that out. You can find it over at thelotsproject.com podcast. There's a, there's a blog post about it. You can also go to any podcast feed and find it under the Lots Project podcast. Or the interview only feed lots to talk about is over there on Spotify. You can search for it. If you do, if you take the time to search for it on Spotify and you find it, when you hit follow, I started a new feed over there. I get a lot of listens, but I uh, I don't think people really, really understand uh, the power of following on Spotify and how much it helps you get your, get your, uh, get your stuff out there. So that's where you can find that interview. It was great. I, uh, I listened to it again. And really enjoyed it. It's uh, it's a good conversation. So check that out if you didn't catch it live last night. And if you did and you missed uh, what he was saying, you should probably listen again. Hey, Corey, I see you back there. How you doing? No, oh, now she's waving. Uh, she's got video and audio roles now, I guess. What's on the list? What's on the list? First thing on the list was uh, I got a little project. I'm fed up. Sick of it. We're over it. Uh, we've been eating like shit. It's, uh, it's been a struggle and it's been, it, it, we've been making excuses. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, we're, we've been using, and it is, it's a, it's a, it is a challenge. It is a challenge for sure with the size of the fridge we have and the size of the freezer we have transitioning from what we had, um, to figure out how to eat how to eat healthy and by healthy um, Corey and I were talking the other day and she said the, the, the best she's ever felt in her life and the, the healthiest she's ever felt in her life was when she went. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, she went for a year strict paleo. So I know the keto train is uh, the one that's that's right now, the carnivore keto, blah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Um, it all makes sense to me. And I probably will do a, a, a variation of said diet um, or diet as in not diet, as in my diet going forward, what I eat. Uh, but Corey, Corey feels best on some greens and meat and a little bit of uh, fruit, veg, you know, in season, this and that. Well, when we were back at home, she was easily able to attain that since we had freezers full of protein and a kitchen full of hydroponic greens and microgreens. And uh, yeah, it was easy. <sighs> we're going to work at it. We're going to put the... Um, we're going to put the work in to get back to that, to get back to feeling like we were. I am grossly overweight, and I understand that. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had one of those moments the other day when I looked at myself and I went, yeah, this is stupid. This is stupid. Why am I treating myself like this? Josh says, or uh, Kyle now says hello. I think, they're, I think they're conspiring against me to randomly say hello to you throughout the episode, so I have to stop what I'm doing to say hello to you. Thanks, guys. Because <laughs> I know she gets upset when no one says hi to her. <laughs> anyway, we're trying to figure out how to... 
at a minimum, get back to meat and veg, meat and greens. And um, going to Walmart once a week and getting bag salad is working-ish, working, um, <laughs> working kind of. It's not the best. It's not the best greens, and it's um, it goes bad very quickly, and it's just there's got to be a better way. So Corey asked me if we could grow some greens. We could grow some salad greens, and specifically she was hoping to grow leaf lettuce, spinach, and mustard greens because those were three of our favorites that we grew in the hydroponic system. And I think I'm, I think I have it figured out. I think I'm going to be able to do it. I think we're going to be able to do some trays, um, some trays that we set outside. I'm, I am frozen. Well, didn't freeze too much. I didn't go away. That's cool. It just froze a little bit. Um, it didn't, uh, I think I'm going to be able to do some smaller trays, uh, kind of do some rotational like the hydroponic system was. Um, cut and come again on these greens. And then when they're done, I'll just be able to dump the tray and move to the next tray and have them cycled out. Thinking four of them will be plenty. I'm thinking I'll be able to make them small enough to feed the two of us that it won't be extremely difficult to put them inside when we travel or if the weather um, gets to where it needs to be that I need to protect them. But... Um... <laughs> Mobile. <laughs> Jeez. So this is the plan I've been uh, I've been working on. Um, I've had to, to figure out now how to do it in soil. Every all the research I did on mass production of greens, what has been uh, was hydroponics. I had the hydroponic garden. I did microgreens hydroponics. I'm not doing hydroponics on the road. A, I don't really want to mess around with all the water. Uh, travel days would be a nightmare and uh, yeah maybe where we stop if we stop when we stop I uh, might have some sort of small system that can fire up and grow things a lot quicker but on the road it just doesn't make sense so upcoming will be a little uh, experiment with some different trying to find some different trays and get some things set up and get some seeds in the ground and get them growing and then uh, try to manage that as we try to move um, we're going to go up and get residents, so that would be a good trial run. If we can get the plants established, get them in rotation, and then see what it's like to uh, transport them. And it should be an interesting experiment. I would like to get back to that. If we can have fresh greens here, I believe that the fridge and the freezer are plenty big enough for meat. Um, if we can, if we can, um, if we can have everything that we are going to have besides protein alive and harvest uh, as we use it and we can have our protein in the fridge I think we have plenty of room for that um, let's see what we got talking these guys are talking about here um, Kyle uh, Corey says Kyle you can brown nose all you want when uh, you get Corey's gift in the mail <laughs> and uh, he says shit doesn't scare him I've got two kids and three dogs and a farm. Okay, so shit doesn't scare Kyle. We're going to have to come up with something else to send him. Um, I have a few ideas. 
Josh says a great idea would be to grow microgreens on small gardens strapped to the dogs on their back. We could put, we could have dog gardens, except they don't go outside very much. Oh yeah. Do you, do you have dogs that like salad? Ours are eating salad every night now. When we make salad, um, the dogs beg for salad. And this isn't new. Uh, when we had that hydroponic system in the kitchen, like I was telling you about, uh, Walter was a puppy. Puppy as in like a 50-pound puppy. And I would be in the kitchen and I would be uh, changing it once a week. I would be changing out the hydroponics garden. So I'd have these big ass plants of um, all different types of greens. And uh, they were in uh, hydroponic grow cups. And so I would take them out and I'd throw them uh, in the tub on the floor. And they were going to go down to the chickens. And so I would be doing that. And Corey would yell out from the other room. She goes, are you giving the dog plants? And I'm like, what? No, I'm not giving the dog plants. As I say that, I'd turn around and here comes Walter coming in the kitchen and he would just put his big fat head in the bucket of, uh, of discarded greens to go down to, the, to the, the chickens. And he would take them and he'd take them out to the living room and lay them on the floor and then he would go out and eat them. We would call it making his floor salad and he would toss his floor salad and then go out and eat it. And uh, so since he's been a puppy, he's been all about eating leafy greens, uh, spinach, mustard, lettuce, radish, uh, all sorts of weird stuff. He is a very, very odd dog. Um, <laughs> Josh is wondering if we could use this uh, dog waste stream and make slobber ponics. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that for sure. Um uh just wondering about mobile quail quail coops gingerbread farm says crack key and that would be great if i didn't have to transport the water and um i i have zero interest in um in cleaning that up i have zero interest to cleaning that up <laughs> not even going to read Josh's comments. But that, uh, that is kind of the MO right now. Let's get some greens going, get, uh, get some experimentation going. I'm thinking about just mixing our three types of seeds together in a little jar and broadcasting them on small, on small trays. Uh, I'm not going for long-term growth. I'm going for enough to feed us for however long that cycle needs to be. Uh, if it needs to be two weeks and I have three of them or a week and I have four of them or whatever, and then I have to figure out a, um, a solid plan for transporting them uh, because if I put them in the trailer, it's really bouncy back here um, and I'd have to have them secured down. That's why I think the water would be a nightmare to do i don't have room in the truck really to do it and so i'm gonna have to engineer something for travel days for containing our garden uh but for sure that is the plan that is the plan uh tossing the floor salad salad sounds like college yeah maybe for you kyle i'm sure you were tossing a lot of salads <laughs> oh so Green's Garden coming soon to uh, 
mobile greens garden coming soon to the Lost Project. <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned. I will probably should probably make videos on uh, how to do it. <laughs> Great idea. Oh, what else is on the list? Roadkill. Roadkill. So I've talked quite a bit about where we walk the dogs uh, since we're here in Tennessee and it's kind of our only option unless we want to load them up in the truck and go find someplace. And that's just not practical for daily walks. Uh, so every morning I walk them down this road and it's, it's a fairly busy road. I think the speed limit, I think the speed limit is 45. I think it's not marked. Um, people go anywhere from like four miles an hour to like 70 down this road. Uh, usually very polite when we're walking the dog and, um, <laughs> Jesus, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so I walk them up and down the road. Usually uh, people are very nice. They move out of the way. Uh, obviously, this is not the case for wild animals on the road. Since we've been here, I've uh, seen multiple types of roadkill. Uh, the latest one was, I don't know if I told you guys about the cat, but uh, the latest one the other day, yesterday, was, I think it's a squirrel. I think. It was pretty, it was in pretty rough shape. Prior to me seeing it. And the weird part is Corey had walked in the same place uh, a few hours earlier and it wasn't there. So I think it was hit and stripped of most of its meat within a couple hours. We do have a bunch of vultures that hang out on the water tower here. So I, I'm not surprised that uh, they, they got it. But since I've been here walking the dogs, so what have we been here? Like six weeks, month, two months? Um, I've seen... I first saw some sort of critter that got hit, and I wasn't sure. I couldn't tell what it was. It got hit, and it rolled into an empty lot. It was bigger. It was maybe the size of a armadillo or a possum or something like that. Didn't really see it. I saw every day. I saw the, the vultures picking it apart, eating it. It eventually was gone in like a couple days. Not a big deal. Um, didn't have to really interact with it much. The next, uh, Josh, there, uh, Kyle says, there's your protein source. Yeah, um, if I needed to, man, if I needed to. The every every day or two, I'll see like a bird being that's been hit. And I'm noticing these because the birds are always picking them apart. The, the vultures are always picking them apart. Or the dogs are sniffing them out. Well, a few weeks back... I think it was last week, the week before, I'm walking along, and I see this thing in the road. It just looked like a pile of something. I was like, what is that? And I get up, and it's a cat. Somebody had had their cat hit. I don't know if it was a, um, I don't know if it was a domestic cat or a feral cat or what it was, but there was dead cat in the road. Well, when you walk three St. Bernards by a dead cat, mm-hmm, yeah, the first one, Walter could give two shits. Um, as long as they took him on the other side of the road, didn't care. The thing didn't move. He didn't want to know anything about it. Didn't sniff it. Didn't anything. Um, he had no problem. Uh, Norman, he looked at it, but had real no interest because he was going to have to struggle and expend energy to uh, to go to go grab it. Clyde really wanted to play with the thing. 
He thought it was just teasing him and not moving. Little did he know it was never going to move. That was the first day. It looked pretty whole. It looked um, it looked in good shape. The only thing that had been done was eyeballs were gone. So I thought that was pretty creepy that the first thing they sucked out of its head was his eyeballs. Um, but everything else looked good. It looked like it had just been run over and flattened a little bit. But uh, but pretty much in 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 whole condition. As we walk daily, um, it would move in the road. And I was assuming it was because people were continuing to hit it. Um, but then I witnessed the birds dragging it across the road uh, as they were trying to eat it during my walk. So this is, uh, this is day two or day three. I, I see the vultures all around it. And when they went to fly off, they kind of dragged it a little bit across the road and dropped it. It was pretty disturbing. It was pretty disturbing. The dogs wanted to chase the birds more than they wanted the cat. And I think it was there. I think it was there for four days. I think four days, but I told you that uh, it was gone. It was all of a sudden it was gone. Only thing that was left was some fur from the tail, this and that. And I don't know if a coyote came by, swiped it up, if the birds finally got it light enough that they could take off with it or what was going on. But uh, yeah, one day it was gone. I'm like, oh, nice. Dogs sniff where it was uh, every day. Go by. Nose down right where it is. Um, and... Uh, so that was that roadkill. Yeah. So this squirrel, I'm curious if it's even there uh, today. It's not. Uh, Corey says it's not there. It's already gone. But it was uh, it was interesting because I'm driving. I'm walking along. I'm walking down the road and I see this. I see this. I didn't see it soon enough. And I was glad I had Walter with me because Walter really doesn't give a shit about much of anything um, and, except himself. <laughs> and uh, as we're walking along, I'm like, I look down. And I'm like, oh, my God. There's a there's a squirrel and I look over and it had been stripped from its ankle, like its feet to its first joint were stripped clean. And I was like, when the car hit it, did it like smush its legs out or something like I I've processed enough rabbits and, and small game that I, I know kind of the anatomy and how it uh, how it all stays together. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. It looked like the birds had started from its extremities and were, were picking it clean, picking its way in. Um, yeah, I was I was kind of intrigued. Walked the, the two dogs, three dogs by it. No problem. I just walk them on the other side of the road. But um, I, I'm just amazed by how much in this little stretch... Um, I timed it the other day, and the longest we go down this road is about 10 minutes. 10 minutes down, 10 minutes back. And as many roadkill as I see on this road, it just blows me away. I don't know. I don't know what the animals feel safe here or what, but it's it it startles me how many things get get uh, get hit. <laughs> Pip says Chinese food. Chinese food talks is making him second guess his tacos for lunch you guys are uh kyle and josh just bantering back and forth here and uh yeah anyway that's roadkill that's our roadkill situation here um i'm really not looking forward to the day that i don't see something and one of the dogs gets a hold of it because 
I'm guessing if I let them eat it, Corey would be very upset. And if I tried to grab it out of their mouth, the dog would be very upset. And when I saw the condition of my hand after I got it out of their mouth, I would be very upset. So it's just not going to be a good thing uh, if the dogs get a hold of any of um <laughs> uh, it's not going to be a good situation all around. Kyle, the backwood butcher, said the Eagles were dropping chunks of meat and bones out of uh, the pit on people's yards a quarter mile away. I assume that that is uh, from your disposal pit um, of your processing. Is that what you're talking about? I uh, I helped Josh dump uh, dump some deer some deer spoils and uh waste out in the pasture while i was down in texas and then i stood out i stood outside and watched the vultures and the eagles circle it was pretty uh pretty crazy it was pretty crazy how fast they were on that shit but it was funny that um it was funny that um the cows wanted to go over and they thought it was, they thought it was uh, feed time when we dumped the bucket. They all ran over there and they're like, what, the, what is this? What is this? Oh, 53 minutes. Let's wrap it up. Let's get to that item of the day and uh, close things off for the day. Another episode in the books. Item of the day today is the pull patch hat. Did a video, did a review, uh, talk about Toolman Tim's patch of the month club. Uh, yeah, check it out. Check it out. Links are in the video description for that review. The video is embedded. You can always go to the YouTube channel and check the videos under recommended products. But the pull patch hat is the item of the day. Uh, I wear them every day because I want to wear a different hat. All I have to do is change the patch. These little morale patches are a hell of a lot easier to store uh, than uh, a bunch of baseball hats. And I used to be a baseball hat fanatic. I had piles of them and to purge down to a few i felt a little bad but throw on a new tack patch every day every week every month whatever you want and you get a new hat check out the pull patch hat their quality hat and uh yeah i like the functionality the versatility and i can't recommend them enough link in the video description for their amazon shop the general pull patch shop you can get them in a bunch of different styles colors and functionality so Check those out today. They are in the link, in the notes, like I said. Um, other than that, guys, uh, Josh Josh from Rock and K last night was a phenomenal interview. Kyle's uh, buddy Chris is uh, a nomadic carpenter. He's going to be coming up, I think, next Thursday. Not, not in two days. Not in two days. Two days, I'm super excited to bring on uh, Porterhouse of Porterhouse and Teal. Uh, when I started thinking about a biochar project out at Tim's property, I started digging into some community members' videos and non-community members' videos. And man, Porterhouse's videos kept coming up for years. He's been, I think the first one started two years ago, three years ago, uh, when he started messing around with biochar. It wasn't this uh, this recent spike in fad, knows what he's doing, and um, he um, he's done a lot of different methods. So I was really excited. I reached out and he said he wanted to come on. I'm excited to take this opportunity to talk what he's experienced, uh, explain a little basics of biochar, the things that he is uh, he has gleaned from his time doing it, the different ways he's made it. Um, and then I want to do a live brainstorming session with him about Tim's property. 
some different ways to experiment with making it um, on a little bit of a larger scale uh, than home production. I got a lot of slash and a lot of feedstock to get rid of, and I want to do it relatively fast. And I want to have a saleable product at the end. So why not talk to a guy that's been doing it for a while and figure out how uh, how that all works? Porterhouse, Thursday night. If you got biochar questions, you want me to get on a list to ask the man, uh, definitely throw them in the Telegram group or uh, you can email me at info at thelotsproject.com. As a call for questions, I might as well throw in there perfect cup question of the day. If you want to get something on the list, the list is wide open. I'm randomly grabbing questions again. And uh, if you have some you want considered, if you have some you want me to do, you can drop those to me in Telegram or in the email also. So biochar questions, perfect cup questions, maybe a perfect cup biochar question. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, if you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find it at thelotsproject.com or on Noster, Telegram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Rumble, and Instagram. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcast 2.0 value for value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Hey, everybody, make it a great Tuesday, and we will catch up with you tomorrow. I can feel the sun.